Hello, everybody. How you doing out there? I'm your host, Wayne Shingola, for Sports Speak, your weekly podcast of all things sports. This is show number six, and uh, we're recording this on June 19th, uh, 2020. Tomorrow, first day of summer. So I had a little, had a little summer stuff for you there. Little summer song for you. Don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know. Green grass around my window. I, I I don't know. Something like that. But a little little you know summer summer stuff. Uh, the weather's been pretty nice. Yeah. So podcast number six. Uh, again, recording uh, June nineteenth in uh, my sumptuous apartment in Hamilton Township in New Jersey. And what else? Oh, of course, we're produced by WTSR, uh, 91.3 FM, uh, Open Your Mind, and on the web, WTSR.org. Uh, we're still not broadcasting live. I've heard that some of the DJs are going to try to uh, simulcast their shows from home. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. I was going to try to do that. Uh, I have to get uh, together with my uh, with the general manager Kevin Petusik and see see what's going on. Uh, I don't have a computer. I have my phone, and we we're going to see if I could uh, simulcast my show from home uh, on the phone. But in the meantime, you got my podcast. If you've been listening, you you know the deal. You can get it on WTSR.org. And uh, click on shows, click on sports countdown, and there I am. Uh, I'm also on Spotify. I also upload the show on Facebook and Twitter, so I'm all over the place. All right, I feel like I've been—I'm forgetting something, but let's get going. Uh, we did have one sports-related uh, death uh, this past week. R.I.P. to Mike McCormick. He was 81 years old. Uh, died of uh, Parkinson's. Uh, he uh, won a Cy Young in 1967. He was on the uh, pitch for the San Francisco Giants and New York Giants. He debuted in 1956 at the age of 17. Not a record. The record is for the youngest person to debut in the major leagues, Joe Nuxall. At 15 years of age in 1944 for the Cincinnati Reds. And, of course, 1944 was a war year. Uh, a majority of the players were uh, in the military at that time. So, you know, they, they took various players who wouldn't make the major leagues uh, if it was normal years. And it certainly wouldn't make it at 15, but Joe Nutsall, 15 years old. In 1944, youngest uh, major leaguer ever to debut. Uh, Mike McCormick debuted at 17 in 1956 with the New York Giants. Of course, his pitch for the San Francisco Giants, they moved in 57 uh, after the 57 season. Cy Young in 1967 on a staff that included Juan Marichal, who I believe never won the Cy Young. And Gaylord Perry, who I believe won the Cy Young in both leagues. So Mike McCormick, RIP, 81 years old. 
Uh, some congratulations to uh, winners of sporting events last week. Daniel Berger won in a playoff uh, against Morikawa and the Charles Schwab Challenge. So congratulations to Daniel Berger. That was the first golf tournament live back from uh, COVID. Also, I don't care about it, but a little NASCAR. Uh, Denny Hamlin uh, won in Homestead, Miami. Uh, he won the Dixie Vodka 400, whatever the hell that is. Okay. <laughs> so a little NASCAR for you. All right, let's get into the monologue now. Uh, so I was going to, you know, I follow, I write down the sports all week. I follow the sports all week to, you know, to bring you the latest. I was going to go off on the commissioner. Earlier in the week, he had said that the season was in jeopardy after he had guaranteed 100% that we were going to have baseball this summer. So I was going to go off and say, Commish, you can't cancel the season. That would be disastrous. Well, it looks like they won't, but they're having some troubles, and I'll get that, I'll get, I'll get there in a minute. It's not related to negotiations, it's related to something else. Anyway, here's how it went. The owners blinked. They are well, the players wanted full prorated salaries. The owners said, they finally, after the owners said, we'll give you 75%, we'll give you 70%, you know, I've, I've, I've I, I go, I tweet and I go on Twitter and I've heard from Twitter. It was sort of like the owners were saying, we'll give you six donuts. And the player said no. And the owner said, well, we'll give you three sets of two donuts. And the player said, yeah, well, that's the same thing. And the owner said, well, we'll give you two, we'll give you three sets of two donuts. And, and you know, the players just threw, threw their hands up. That, that's kind of, that's kind of the way the negotiations were going. But anyway, they blink, full prorated, and 60 games. Uh, universal DH for uh, 2020 and 21. Look, they're going the way they're they're going the way of the universal DH. That that's what we're going to have going forward. If it's 2021, it's going to be 22, 23, etc. And look, I, I used to say uh, I I was for old school. I'm, I'm I'm old school. I didn't want the DH in the National League. But here's the way I look at it now. It, it's ridiculous to have one league with the DH and one league not. And since they are not going to get rid of the DH for the simple reason that the union will not let that happen because you will lose jobs, therefore, if, if it goes anywhere, it's going to go that both leagues are DH. It's, it's You know, you have the World Series, you have no DH, then you have DH, the interleague game's the same thing. It's got to be this. It's got to be the same. I know you'll miss stuff like I'm a Met fan. Bartolo Colon hitting the historic home run. Uh, you miss stuff like that. You miss the strategy in game. The managers when uh, when to take the pitchers out. Uh, the, the sacrifice bunt. But it's time. It's time. So the players came back with an offer. By the way, Tony Clark and Rob Manfred. Met this week, face-to-face, uh, -face, had meetings, and that's when the owners said they will give full prorated salaries of about 60 games. 
players came back, and and Manfred and the owners thought they had an agreement. The players said, no, we don't have an agreement. They talked, they got somewhere, but there wasn't an agreement. Players came back, I think yesterday or the day before, with we won 70 games and $300 million more in money, which, uh, it, you know, I was a little teed off at. I was like, you're getting full prorated. You know, what else do you want? But they won $300 million more. And the latest is that the owners were not happy that the players did not accept. They thought they had an agreement. They didn't. They're not happy that the players won $300 more million. Uh, I haven't heard whether the owners are going to come back. Look, they're, they're close. They're close. We should have some type of an agreement soon. And they need to get it together. So the owners said 60. The players said 70. Maybe we'll have – I'd like to have 70. I don't, I don't want that 50. Maybe we can have 65. I, I'd like it. I'd like it if we had 70. You know, we'll see what happens. So that is where they stand right now. Some developments as far as the coronavirus, and not good. Uh, in Toronto, they had cases, not in Toronto, but the Toronto Blue Jays have cases of pe- uh, players that tested positive. They've, they've closed down their, their training camp in Florida. Phillies had five players plus three members of staff who contracted the virus uh, or contacted the virus. Uh, they have closed down their training camp. Uh, this is not good. This is not good. I was going to get to the NFL. Of course, the NFL had uh, the Cowgirls and who else? The Houston Texans in Texas. Uh, players, several players from both teams, including uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, tested positive for COVID. Uh, and these are in two states that opened up early, Florida and Texas. Of course, we're, we're reading about the in a lot of states, it, the COVID is once again on the rise after flattening out. It looks like we can't get rid of this thing. And I don't know. You got to have training camps. You got to get the players ready. Yeah, I, I, the NFL, the NFL, they want. It's like it's like they're going to do. I've said this before. The NFL and Donald Trump are kind of like the same. They're, 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 they have the same mentality. We're going to do what we're going to do, and that's that. I'm going to say Trump. I'm going to say whatever I want to say and deal with it. And the NFL, we're going to do whatever we want to do and deal with it. The NFL says we're going to have games. It's going to be the same. We're going to have fans. We're going to go about the 2020 season as if, as if there was no virus. Oh, yeah, they're going to take precautions, but they're going to have the games. They're going to have fans, just like it was 2019. I mean, that's their, that's their mindset. And this latest, probably 
you know, gives him pause to think. Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the, you know, infectious diseases expert, came out and said the NFL have to, has to have their games in a bubble. So it has to be in a bubble. They can't, this, they can't do it any other way this year. And so we have Toronto. In flood. We have Toronto with players that tested positive. We have the Phillies with players that tested positive. We have, we've heard reports of several teams with players testing positive for COVID. It just, it, it's just like, we, we just can't seem to get over the hump here. And then, of course, we have the threat of a second wave of coronavirus sometime in late September, October, in the fall. And we're, we're, we're trying to open up. Of course, we're, we're, we're you know, we're, we're, we're just tired. We're, we're tired of all this. We're tired of the mass. We're tired of staying inside. We're tired. We want to get out there. It's summertime. We want baseball. We want football. But it's got to be safe. We can't have players going down with COVID. And, you know, five players, and if it's five, maybe it's ten. You've got to field the team. It's not going to be easy. This, this whole thing's not going to be easy. So that's where we stand with the baseball negotiations. That's where we stand with Corona in football and baseball. I haven't heard anything. Oh, just a, another baseball note. I wanted to mention this last week, but I I, uh, I didn't get to it. Uh, the, the draft, of course, the you know baseball had their draft. It wasn't 40 rounds; it was five rounds. Uh, just for some local uh, flavor, in the first round, the Mets selected Pete Crow Armstrong. Crow hyphen Armstrong. Why he's got nine names, I don't know. He's an outfielder from uh, Harvard something high school. Uh, it, uh, anybody that's got Pete as a name and the last name that starts with A, I'm all for. Uh, he's more of a, not a power hitter, but a leadoff hitter with speed. Good outfielder. That was their first round draft pick, the Yankees. And that was the, I believe that was the 19th pick. The Yankees with the 28th pick took Austin Wells, a catcher from Arizona. So he was a college player, so he's already 22 years old. A, 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 a slightly surprising seeing how uh, they have Gary Sanchez, but, you know, I, they might want to move Sanchez sooner or later because defensively he's just not that good a catcher. Although he's got a he's got a gun for an arm, don't get me wrong, but he's just not a very good defensive catcher. Uh, the Phillies in the first round took Mick Abel, a right-handed pitcher uh, from high school. Phillies Mick Abel, right-handed pitcher, uh, took him out of high school, so he's 18 years old. So. You know, Austin Wells will probably see sooner than uh, Pete Crow Armstrong or Mick Abel. 
being that they're only 18, 19 years old and Austin Wells is 22. So that was your first round draft picks in the draft that was held about uh, two weeks ago. Wanted to get to that and could not get to it last week. All right, let's go to the, uh, so nothing new in the NBA. Uh, haven't heard anything. We heard a start date of July 30th. Uh, which they said was slightly earlier than they wanted to start. I heard a start date of July 31st, so I don't see how that's slightly earlier. Uh, July 31st, July 30th is very slightly earlier <laughs> than July 31st. <laughs> so I don't, I don't see where they came up with the, with the, that kind of language. NHL, we had one. News note, uh, the Buffalo Sabres fired GM Jason Botterill after three seasons. The Sabres did better last year, so uh, at least I remember that they, that they did better. They, they seemed to do a little better. But anyway, Jason Botterill, uh, former GM now of the Buffalo Sabres, they released him after three seasons. In the NFL, I told you about Texans and the Cowgirls and uh, uh, players, several players testing positive. That's not good. Fauci saying football may not happen this year unless they play. That's what he said. It may not happen this year unless they play in a bubble. And you have to have your doubts about the MLB and the NBA and, and the NHL. Going forward, with these with these outbreaks right now of several players testing positive in Major League Baseball and in the NFL, I haven't really heard anything about the NBA and NHL, but th- this shows you it's around. You know, COVID's still here. It is still here. Another note in the NFL. Uh, Roger Goodell now says that players should sign Colin uh, Kaepernick. Really, it, it, it just it just makes me cringe. Of course, the political time is right for him to say something like this, and it's not only right; it's imperative that he said something like this. It just it just kind of sickens me in a way. You know, where was this in 2016 and 2017, 2018, 2019, where nobody signed Colin Kaepernick, where obviously he was blacklisted because the quarterbacks that they had that they had playing, like a Josh McNown who was 40 years old, you know, Colin Kaepernick is better than a lot of backup quarterbacks they had on the NFL rosters. He was blacklisted. He was blackballed. Nobody wanted him. He he can play. He's not a great quarterback. He's he's okay, slightly better than average maybe. But he's he's not horrible. He's good enough. He's good enough to play in the NFL. He's good enough to play in the NFL. So now you know Goodell. It's just I just can't stand Goodell. I can't stand Rob Manfred either. What commissioner do I like? 
Adam Silver. I like Adam Silver. Gary Bettman, forget it. So I like one commissioner in the top four sports. That's Adam Silver <laughs> of the NBA. Okay, uh, let's go to golf now. And I got to do a few things. And we're. This is the second tournament back from the COVID break. They stopped having tournaments, of course, in the middle of March. Came back last week with the Charles Schwab Challenge. And this week they have the RBC Heritage in Hilton Head, South Carolina, a par 71 course. And right now, Webb Simpson leads after two rounds. At 12 under, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, who played very well last week at uh, the Charles Schwab. He's second, tied with C. Connors from Canada at 11 under. Uh, Palmer, R. Palmer, is 10 under. Answer is 9 under. Uh, Jonathan Vegas is 9 under. Uh, Kepka is 9 under. Ian Poulter is 9 under. Dustin Johnson is 8 under. Uh, just trying to give you some uh, top players. Ernie Els is eight under. Uh, Tony Finau is eight under. He's on the 18th hole. Now Sergio Garcia, so he must have, he had a 65 today. He is seven under. And Kucher, Kucher, Kucher. That's what, that's what they yell. Of course, there's no fans yelling. By the way, last week, the Charles Schwab International, it was, it was kind of cool because instead of seeing a horde of fans all over the place, you saw the course. And it was nice seeing, a, you know, a beautiful course that they played on. And it was nice seeing the whole course. And it was... You know, I, 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 we want the fans back. We want the roars back. We want the, you know, we want the noise. But it was, it was, it was, uh, it was kind of nice. Okay, let's get back. Uh, Spieth is six under. He had a seventy today, so just a one under after yesterday. He shot a sixty-six. Uh, D Berger. Uh, Daniel Berger, who won the Charles Schwab last week, is six under. And anybody else that uh, Rory, Rory McIlroy is five under. He shot a 65 today after a one over 72 uh, yesterday. So he is seven shots back. If he posts a big number Saturday, like 63, 64, you know, he will be in it. See um, Morikawa, who was in the playoff last week, is at is five under after 17. Bernard Langer, five under. And any other big names, big names, John Rahm is four under. And the projected cut is four under. So anybody three under and, and uh, lower will not make the cut. Let's see if we have any big names. Ricky Fowler will not make the cut. He is at three under. Shopley, who played very well last week till he missed a four-footer and took him out of contention in the Schwab. That, that probably hurt. He's three under 
playing at the end of 16. So he's got a shot if he could birdie uh, one of the two holes. Uh, any other big names that did not? Jason Day did not make the cut, two under. And Davis Love the third did not make the cut. And looking for uh, Tiger Woods still has not made his debut after the uh, COVID uh, break. Phil Mickelson did not play this tournament. And... That's all I have as far as golf goes. And that's all I have as far as sports goes. So we'll keep an eye on COVID. We'll keep an eye on the training camps. We'll see what happens. with. They're close on the negotiations. They're close. They're close. I, I know it's, it's infuriating, but they're close. But we got to keep, you know. Got to keep an eye on on, on the on the coronavirus. It's still around. It's still uh, you know wreaking some havoc. So that's the MLB, the latest on the NBA, NHL, and the NFL. Of course, the golf. I gave you some NASCAR. <laughs> that's all I have. That's the sixth podcast of Sportsbeat. Enjoy the weekend, guys. Stay safe, and uh, we'll see you. Uh, Later.